This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show. I hope you're doing good. hope you're doing well and enjoying the rest of your weekend. Uh, of course, yesterday was quite a good day for the channel. Um, we had a really, really good show yesterday, which if you haven't checked out already, I'm going to talk to you about in a second. Before we do that, please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Good morning to everybody in the chat box. So good to see so many of you, as always, tuning in. Samuel, Paul, uh, we've got Mo, we've got Don Dada in the chat box. Uh, we've got uh, Terry Spicer, MFB. We've got uh, who? We've got Stephen. We've got Brandt. We've got Steve Stone, Viraj, Paul. We've got Matt G, R10, Steve. So many of you guys, as always, jumping in, which is fantastic to see hope you're all doing well doing good wherever you happen to be in the world this morning or whatever time it happens to be wherever you are tuning in let's uh let's kick off with telling you as always to go over and subscribe to the arsenal way there'll be a reaction to today's game over on the arsenal way as always you can also go and watch charlie patino's um initiation song in full over there as well it's uh, very entertaining and certainly worth doing so uh, let's crack on with the show in form. We start with the news that Charlie Patino, Amari Hutchinson, Salaruddin and Mika Biraf are all expected to be part of the travelling squad today as Arsenal go up to face Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup. Exciting times, exciting day. Uh, I like, I love a third round FA Cup day. I think it's a great opportunity to see some of the kids play. Um, and hopefully that's exactly what we're going to get the opportunity to do as we travel up. Uh, I'm going to endeavour to get you guys a show on the channel after the game as well, because uh, I'm not working today, so fingers crossed that's going to be the case. Um, but uh, I am out watching the game because I was meant to be, you know, I was meant to, <laughs> I was meant to be going up to Nottingham to watch it, but I cancelled that trip because I just couldn't face the idea of going up and then the trip being cancelled because of a postponement in the last minute and fans like myself just can't risk it anymore, which is a bit of a shame, but uh, fingers crossed we can get uh, a result against Nottingham Forest with a team which is going to be much changed, but still I imagine there'll be a number of senior figures 
quite a few, in fact, with the amount of important games and how long it's been since we last played our last fixture. Um, now, Pablo Marie is being linked with a move away from Arsenal. In fact, Flamengo that we know of are already interested in the Spanish defender, but also AC Milan and Sampdoria are both said to be interested. In particular, Sampdoria are trying to convince the Spaniard to remain in Europe and move. How much he would be worth is still up in the air, but it could be an opportunity to Arsenal to get a very decent fee for Pablo Marie. Still got a very decent long-term contract with the club. Arsenal, fingers crossed, should uh, have been in a position to get a decent amount of money for him. Now, yesterday I spoke to Ben Jacobs on the channel. I'm sure most of you tuned in to watch that show. It was really, really insightful. And there's a number of things that kind of fell out from that show. If you haven't watched it already, please do. The main, obviously, the main line on Vlaovic is that Arsenal have indeed submitted that offer that so many people were talking about. The issue is is obviously getting through the agent. Now, from the sounds of it, at this moment in time, Arteta has not even been able to speak to Vlaovic to convince him to join Arsenal at this moment in time. It's still early in the window. A lot can happen. The biggest barrier to this move is the agent, and the agent does continue to be the biggest problem with this. There is an understanding that Fiorentina are happy to do business in January. The problem is, is that the, the agent of Vlahovic is basically in a position where they can wait until the summer, see what other offers come forward. And Vlahovic is, is also very happy to do that. I am no longer on the fence of he's reluctant to come. I'm not really that excited because there isn't a reluctancy on Vlahovic's part to join Arsenal. He's purely just considering his options and the number of clubs that are going to be interested and the offers that could come uh, for him. So that's where we're kind of at with Vlahovic. But uh, interestingly, there is a lot more. In fact, this is the longest show that we're going to be doing because there is a lot of news to go through, as you can imagine. Um, Colin Dagba of PSG has been linked by Futs Mercato in France to a move to Arsenal to be a possible replacement for Cedric. I, for one, don't believe we actually need to bring in a replacement for Cedric. I think that we've got more than enough to cover. And I think next season with Saliba returning as well, I think we're going to have more than enough cover in a position where, while Saliba is a centre-back, has played at right-back for Marseille. And we do play this kind of weird system with a centre-back style right-back. So... I don't mind that Saliba could come back. It gives him more opportunities to get into the first team as well. I don't think there's any need to go for a player like Colin Dagba. Let's wait and see what happens, though. But I don't expect that to be the case. Now, the next story is one that broke yesterday, courtesy of a Brazilian outlet that claims that Danilo of Palmeiras has been linked with a move to Arsenal, a player that I'm sure plenty of people have never heard of in their entire lives. Arsenal were said to have offered €20 million Euros plus uh, bonuses. Now, in the show with Ben Jacobs yesterday, uh, I asked him specifically about Danilo and he said that, yes, Arsenal are interested in the player. However, that no offer has yet been made for the player. Um, that line of the report is a little bit wide of the mark. Arsenal are interested, but no bid has been made at this moment in time. 20-year-old Brazilian central midfielder, very interesting player, can play slightly deeper as well and can play very deep, in fact. Um, is it the right move for Arsenal? I think it suits the profile of what Arsenal have been trying to do in the market with players. It suits what Arsenal want in terms of depth in that position. And it suits the type of player that, of course, um, we're in a situation anyway where any player we bring in, we want to see sell-on clauses. We want to see... 
sell on value. We want to see things that means that we aren't in a situation like we are with Cedric or Willian or David Luiz. So the age profile of the player fits the strategy. But as I said, we're interested in Danilo, but no offer has yet been made for the Brazilian midfielder. Let's move on to the next story. And this has a direct impact on Bruno Guimaraes. It is not expected that Arsenal will sign Bruno Guimaraes in this window. The expectation is that he will probably join, if at all, in the summer. Uh, and that's basically because Arsenal are putting the most of their investment, the bulk of their investment, into trying to sign a striker during the January window. And they can't afford to pay the, the money. Now, previously, it was reported that Leon will be looking for a figure of around £38 million. In my conversation with Ben yesterday on the show, he revealed that actually Leon would be asking for far higher than £40 million for uh, Bruno Guimaraes. And so therefore, it was unlikely that Arsenal would be able to afford the Brazilian midfielder if they were going very hard for Vlahovic, which it does appear to be that they are during this window. Also, interestingly, is that the way that Arsenal have accelerated their plans to sign a striker from the summer to this window to take opportunity and take advantage of the opportunity to try and get to the top four. But Vla uh, but Vlahovic's chase basically puts an end to the Bruno Guimaraes uh, links. However, what I would say is that if Arsenal end up being unable to sign a marquee striker during the winter window, it wouldn't be surprising to then see the club switch targets and spend more on a central midfielder. But it does depend on what and, and how they can get a striker, if at all, during this winter window. Moving on to the next story, Arta Mello, uh, according to Fabrizio Romano, is one of those cheaper midfield options that is being talked about and being considered. He's on Arsenal's list. It would be for a loan deal. He's a player that I rate. He's a player that I like. I liked him at Barcelona. It's not gone particularly well at Juventus, mainly because there's a lot of competition for places at the Juventus midfield. You've got Adrian Rabio, You've got Ben Takur. You've now got Locatelli that's been brought in as well. I don't think it's too bad that Artur is not getting into the Juventus side. I do plan on doing a deeper dive into Artur and the links with him and getting you guys more insight on the player. So look out for that one on the channel. But he's not the only midfielder from Italy that has been linked with a move to Arsenal because Samuele uh, Ricci, uh, who plays for Empoli, young small, diminutive, fox in the middle third, if you like, a bit of a terrier type of midfielder. You get those Kante kind of running about the whole pitch kind of vibes. He has also been linked uh, yesterday with a move to Arsenal, a player that I am interested in. I quite like. I like his, the cut of his jib, if you will. I like the way he gets about the pitch. He's a bit of a... He reminds me a bit of Torreira, but better. And I don't want that to put people off because of what happened with Torreira. That was very, you know, specific kind of circumstances. And Arsenal and Arteta and Edu wouldn't be linked to players, wouldn't be looking and scouting players if they didn't have an intention of playing them regularly in the first team. So Arsenal said to be interested in Empoli's Ricky. I do intend to do, or Ricci, uh, maybe it's Ricci because of the Italian pronunciation. Any Italians in the chat? You'll have to let me know the phonetics of saying his name. Um, but uh, he's been linked with moving to Arsenal and I do intend to get some more info on him for you guys in the near future. Uh, moving on to our final and headline story is Yuri Tielemans. Again, referencing back to my conversation with Ben yesterday, he expects that links with Tielemans will increase. Arsenal and Arteta are keeping tabs on the Belgian midfielder. 
Arteta absolutely loves the player and certainly looks at him as kind of one of their ultimate midfield goals, if it would be possible. Leicester have a history of selling um, players, as we know, for big, big fees. And it would cost a big, big fee for Arsenal to get him. Although the contract situation with Tielemans could fall in Arsenal's favour and make any possible deal a little bit more kind of favourable for Arsenal to get over the line. But Tielemans is expected to be a more increasingly linked player to the club. So expect to see more links with the Belgian and Arsenal. It would be an insane bit of business. It would be a very, very kind of title ambition kind of move for Arsenal. Not just a top four ambition, but an ambitious move that would signal that Arsenal are trying to close the gap between themselves and those teams at the very top of the table because he is considered to be that good. And that is all of the stories. I think we went something through something like 10 different links today. It's probably our biggest show that we've done so far. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to go on to the question section now. So if you do have any questions, throw them into the chat box and we will go through as many of them as feasibly possible right now. Okay, let's jump into the chat and see what you guys are saying. If any questions you may have can be answered. Let's go. Saeed says, yes, Tom, I think Tillemans would be a good signing. Dirk says, he definitely cost more than Bruno Gimonais. He definitely would, Tillemans. Mo says, has Tillemans and Sambi played together at youth level? Um, no, but I think that Sambi and Tillemans may have played together at international level because Sambi Lukonga has, in fact, made his international debut for Belgium. I'm just having a quick check of whether Tillemans was indeed on the pitch when he made that one because he came... Did he play against... Who was it he played against for, for Belgium? Let me have a quick check. What game was it? that? It's not showing me. This is really annoying. Uh, he came on for 16 minutes. Uh, in on the 2nd of September in a game against Estonia. And Tielemans doesn't look like he's in the team, which is a shame. So, no, they've not played together at international level. But, I mean, Lukonga is on the cusp of this uh, Belgian national side. But we'll be slightly off the pace now because he's not really been playing for Arsenal in the last few weeks because of Partey and Xhaka's partnership. But he is about to get a lot more minutes on the pitch because of Partey being off at the African Cup of Nations. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, Matt says, do you feel we need to attack this window as if it was a summer window? Not as if it was a summer window, because if it was a summer window, what we'd be talking about is a situation where we're signing depth players, we're kind of moving loads of players out, we're doing a complete squad rebuild, reshuffle. But I do think we need to attack this window knowing that a top four opportunity is there for Arsenal this season. And if there's the opportunity to go and sign a, a quality striker, they should absolutely try and go and do that. Nathan says, any news on Basuma? Um, don't know why it's died off. He'd be the perfect partner for Partey. Big up from Australia. Thank you, Nathan, for the donation. Really appreciate the support, mate. Uh, new, news on Basuma is completely gone. It's it's done from the looks of things. There is no notable, credible noise coming out of the club or anyone around the club from a Basuma perspective. There's no reports of being linked to Basuma. The only recent link that we've seen is Aston Villa being linked with a move for Eve Basuma. And that, interestingly, could also tie into Arsenal's interest in Douglas Louise. Arsenal do have an interest in Douglas Louise. Basuma may be looked as a replacement for him. A lot of people would say 
go and get Basuma instead of Douglas Louise. But I'm certainly one who rates both players. I think both of them would be really good signings. But uh, that's the reason why I think it's gone pretty cold. In addition to, you know, the alleged uh, criminal issues that are also going on too. Christopher Martin says, Tom, did you do an 8am show yesterday? I was working, so I would have missed it, but was hoping to listen on audio. Yes, Chris, and it's definitely up on audio. Um, episode 148. Yeah, it's definitely up on SoundCloud, mate. So uh, it is there if you want to go and check it out. We do upload these shows onto SoundCloud and Spotify, and uh, iTunes as well. Uh, Stevie says, Tom, personally, who would you prefer, uh, Tielemans or Bruno? Um, probably Tielemans. I know that may sound a little bit strange because you guys know how much I like Bruno Guimaraes, but I do feel like Tielemans would be an absolute statement signing from Arsenal, and he's very, very good, and he's Premier League ready, and he's still you know, in his mid-20s. I think that would be a brilliant move for Arsenal. But if you said we were signing either one of those, I'd be delighted. Uh, Manu says, thanks. Uh, thank you for that show of Clive. Top tier stuff. Really getting me through the exams. Absolutely no problem, Manu. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope if you haven't already, people checked out my chat with Clive from the Arsenal Vision podcast from the other day. Please do. We talked through loads of different transfer targets. Definitely worth doing it. Uh, let's go to Pavithran, who says, hi, Tom. Two years ago, we were looking at youngsters like Willock, Nelson, Eddie, Saka, and Smith Rowe, who could come into the team and do a job. Do you think Isaac of Europe is hampering new players' progress? I see what you mean. I, I think what you're asking is if we were to sign, say, a young player, a young striker like an Isaac, would it block the path of the equivalent Arsenal youngsters they are following Balogun? The answer is no. I don't think it would. In fact, I wrote about this yesterday, and it was basically a piece that was uh, spawned from Clive and mine discussion, basically about how Arsenal need to replace Nicolas Pepe. Now, you might think, well, hold on, we're talking about strikers. Well, all of a sudden, you're talking about Nicolas Pepe. Well, I'll put a link to the article in the description. But basically, Clive's theory is that Arsenal don't need to go and sign a second striker on top of, say, the marquee forward that we're looking to bring in. What we need to do is replace Nicolas Pepe with kind of a rapid, wide forward that can also have the capacity to play in a central striking role. What this does is it means that following Balogun, by default, becomes Arsenal's natural second-choice striker. But if he is deemed not yet ready, you've got a player that you've signed that can play in a wide position that's also good enough to play in a centre-forward position. You know, someone like a Kulisevsky, for instance, that's played wide, that can also play central. Manchester City do it a lot with Raheem Sterling. These types of players that have the capacity to play in a central role despite being a wide player by trade. And I quite like the idea so I wrote about it yesterday for Football London. So please do go and check that one out. Elliot Roberts says, do you think Tillemans can finally be the true Cazorla replacement? I don't think he's a true Cazorla replacement. No, I do think he's got his own style of play, his own qualities. I think he's better defensively than Cazorla was, but, you know, still very technical, very good going forwards. I do think that the competition, though, will be very, very strong, especially from Liverpool, who have always been a big, big kind of, uh, a big, big attractor of Tielemans. They're a team that have desperately wanted to sign in to replace the likes of Jordan Henderson for the long-term future. So I think Arsenal would face a lot and it would require us to get into the Champions League next season. Uh, Maspas says, question, thoughts on Liverpool. Can you see them going backwards in the next couple of seasons with their ageing squad? Not in the next couple of seasons because Salah and Mane and they'll bring someone in to replace Mane, I think. Firmino is still there. And of course, they've got Diego Jota, Fabinho still young. Um, they've got obviously Trent, who's still young. Robertson, Van Dijk is is going to be still good for the next few years. What I would say is maybe four or five years down the line, if they've not effectively replaced Mohamed Salah, they've not effectively replaced 
their forward and midfield and defensive key areas, then maybe because they've got a big job to replace those huge figures in the team. But it's still not a guarantee. They lost their big recruiter in the summer as well, which will be big and a big damager to them. And hopefully, from Arsenal's perspective, it does go downhill because Liverpool, you can target as a team that have done really well to get where they are, have recruited and sold really, really well and have not had to get investment from their owners. But they are a club that could fall out the top four if they're not recruiting and replacing the key performers in their team effectively. And Arsenal could take advantage of that with their young squad with high potential. Let's see what happens. It's an exciting time to be an Arsenal fan, I think, is what we need to see. Uh, Nonchalant says, a Danilo breakdown. I'm going to do my best to get you guys a Danilo breakdown. I just need to try and get hold of a Brazilian football expert, first of all, which is proving tricky at this moment in time. So if you do indeed have any suggestions, uh, and I've already emailed you know, the, the usuals, uh, then do let me know and uh, I'll endeavour to get us a breakdown on him. Interestingly, I couldn't find him on FB Ref. I have got him on Y Scout. Couldn't get him on FB Ref, which does show it's worth investing in Y Scout for these types of things. Saiwo says, Tom, I think there's a misconception in what we need in a striker. I don't think they need to be necessarily drop deep, but provide some form of technical security that Abamian couldn't. I think it's a really solid point. I think we'll really benefit from a player that can hold up the ball, not necessarily link up play as such, but someone you can actually play the ball to that the, the wide players can run off and run in behind and they can be, you know, played in. That's really key. Bamian can't really do that. Lacazette can do that to a greater extent, but nowhere near as much as Vlaovic can. I think it would be an interesting signing to make Vlaovic. I think it would change the way that we attack and it would make us a little bit more unpredictable, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Paul says, of this linked central midfielders, who would be your two preferred buys in this window? Well, if we apply the context, Paul, that Arsenal look to be going for a big striker, be it a Vlaovic or a Calvert-Luna, whoever, that means likely that Arsenal aren't going to be able to go and get your Tielemans and your Bruno Gimaraishes of this world. It does mean that Arsenal are going to have to go for a cheaper or a loan option. I really like Matthias Fanberg. I think he's a really, 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 really good central midfielder for the price that he would cost of around 15 million euros. I like Artur as a possible loan with an option to buy. I think that would be a really smart move. And I like Ginny Wijnaldum on a straight six-month loan deal. I think that would be a really good move for Arsenal to make. There are possibilities out there for Arsenal, ones that they should be looking to take advantage of. Um, Reese says, do you think the lack of Europe is hampering some young players in our squad or the youth team. Absolutely, Reese. yes. Because if you think about it, those group stage games, especially in the Europa League, do give a lot of young players opportunities to get into the team. What I do think, though, is it's not hampering Arsenal's kind of capacity to compete for the top four this season. As Clive and me discussed, it's very difficult to be in the Europa League and try and get into the top four. I'd be interested to know how many teams that competed in the top in, in the Europa League finished in a top four position. I can't imagine it being too many. Arsenal certainly haven't done it. Chelsea, um, I think, managed to do it when they won the Europa League. I think they still managed to finish in the top four, but it's not a regular occurrence that happens. So it's certainly one to keep an eye on. Certainly uh, a season that we can take advantage of. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. But yes, it does mean that we don't get as many minutes to our kids as much as maybe we would like to. Vera says, any news on Cedric's exit to Atletico Madrid? If this happens, it will not be very, very soon because Cedric has travelled with the squad today to go and face Nottingham Forest, to my understanding. Um, it was expected that he would go. Arsenal are considering the offer. It is an offer that I would absolutely accept. 
get him in this game, play him in this game, and then get him gone, get him to Atletico Madrid, get the money that you can get in the option, in the obligation to buy clause of the loan deal. Jobs are good. Absolutely. Steve says, for your 150th transfer show tomorrow, have you got something planned for us? Something fitting, like breaking the news that Haaland is signing a five-year deal. I can't promise that the 150th show will bring with it anything crazy, anything great. Let's keep our fingers crossed. But it is game day today, which usually means that transfers go a bit quiet the day after game day. So uh, it's come at a bad time. But what I would say is if you could tune in tomorrow, drop a like on the 150th show, tell your friends to come along for the 150th show. We've been doing this daily. We've also been doing the Arsenal News Show every single day at 8am bar. What, a few days here and there that we've been missing just because of work and other commitments? And even then, we've put other shows on for you at the same time even when I've been working. So do drop a like on the video. Do show your appreciation for the commitment that goes into making these shows. And of course, uh, as always, subscribe if you are new. Uh, Adam says, what's Tielemans' contract situation? Let's have a look. What is Tielemans' contract situation? They've been trying to offer him a contract. He's been very reluctant. His current deal expires in 2023. So at the end of this season, he'll have just a year left on his current Leicester City contract, which could mean he would be available for a very decent price. However, I don't expect it to be too low because they are going to have plenty of teams coming in to try and buy him, which will, of course, up the price to probably close to what is expected to be his market value. Uh, Transfermarkt rate his market value at £49.5 million. So he, he would cost something around that figure, even with the low time left on his contract. Uh, Chies Dozi says, uh, or uh, maybe it's Chies Dozi. Uh, you'll have to tell me. <laughs> do you genuinely believe Arsenal will sign a player this January window? Yes, I do genuinely believe that they will. Uh, and Ben Jacobs yesterday said that they are looking at a minimum of two. I always thought it would be one. I thought that's what would get done. The Vlaovic thing has really taken me by surprise. I'm hopeful that we can get a really, really good, strong window completed and really help us to push towards the Champions League. Um, Ojo says, would Dusan be our own version of Harry Kane? It's impossible to know, Ojo, isn't it? Like, he could come in and be a Pepe and flop. He could come in and absolutely smash it. We don't know. But considering how young he is, if we were able to like establish ourselves back in the Champions League, get ourselves into a position where we can compete for titles, you never know. He could end up being that player for Arsenal. So we'll have to wait and see. Dirk says, huge statement signing if we got Tielemans in the summer, but I reckon you're talking 60 to 70 million. Maybe not that high because of the contract situation, but probably because of the amount of clubs that would be interested it's going to be one that's going to cost a lot. Edwin says, Morning, Tom. Any idea who we could sign as a backup to Ramsdale in the summer? Three picks, no pressure. Three picks, no pressure. Alex McCarthy from Southampton would be a very decent one. I don't know if he's signed a new contract yet at Southampton, but to my understanding, he was into the last six months of his deal. His current contract still does expire in 2022, so he would be a free move. The other goalkeeper that will be leaving Southampton for free at this moment in time is Fraser Forster. He may be an okay option. You've also got Sam Johnston at West Brom. He could be another option for the club. You've got Sergei Asenjo, who is currently at Villarreal, out of favour, 32-year-old Spanish international. He could be picked. Another Spanish international is Sergio Rico at PSG, currently behind Donnarumma and Kayla Navas. Speaking of which, if you were up for bringing in Kayla Navas and he was up for competing with Ramsdale, he could be another one that you look at. No pressure. 
There's six options instead for you, Edwin. Um, Olu says, being left-footed, Vlaovic is great for build-up play uh, as he can spray the ball to the left wing a lot, which is great for Tierney. Tulip says, do you think if we don't get the striker wanted, we will go for a Bruno slash Tielemans? I think, Tulip, my expectation is if, if Arsenal kind of cut the cord with their chase of a striker or a big striker, at least during this window, they will move for a more expensive central midfielder. If you see Arsenal sign first, a kind of, you know, uh, a cheaper, a lone central midfielder. That tells me that the club would be fairly confident of landing a, a really high quality striker during this window. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Medical Study Buddy uh, says, uh, just dropping a buy to say hi. Keep up the great work. Love your videos and dedication. Thanks, mate. That's really kind of you. And uh, I really appreciate the donation. That's really, really kind. Thank you so much. Um, Manu says, I can't believe you've You've been doing this daily. Really helped me go through the routine of my mornings and helped me get in the car to uni in the morning too. Massive thanks. No problem, mate. And thank you for tuning into the show. I love the fact that we do this every morning. I love the community aspect of the channel. There's over, there's nearly 800 of you watching live now. We used to do this show where there was about 60 people watching live at the start. And now there's nearly 800 of you. So thank you so much for helping grow the ch- uh, grow the channel even more. We're on our way to 29,000 subs now. In fact, we only hit 29,000 subs just before Christmas. Uh, and we're very close to hitting, uh, sorry, 28,000 subs just before Christmas. And now we're very close to hitting 29,000, even before the halfway point of the window. So thank you for for continuing to support things here because it's, yeah, it's crazy. And this channel got me my job at Football London, which I'll always be very appreciative and a massive thank you as always. Never, ever forget to thank him for Craig for starting things and uh, and for everything that he's done as well. So go over to the same old Arsenal and check out what's going on there. He's doing great stuff. Adnan says, Hey Tom, Xhaka, Partey, Lokonga, Danilo slash Arthur, Gimaraj slash Yuri or Louise as midfield options would be great for next season. I can't disagree with you. That would be fantastic. Um, Paul says, What showreels have uh, Palmeiras against Sao Paulo with Danilo? Um, he's very good and left-footed and will be available for under £25 million. He's a player that I need to learn more about. I do plan on doing my due diligence and research into that as well. Temi, if we can hit 500 likes, I'd be shocked. But hey, people, let's get trying to hit that like button. It'd be great if you could. Um, Let's go to... Let's scroll up a little bit more. I'm sure I've missed some questions. Uh, Maximius says, is there a way we can progress one of our Hayland graduates to the first team as backup goalie? Could also save us money uh, and, of course, plan for the future. Or could we do it at right back? Yes, Maximius, we could. And I've actually written about this a number of times. Okonkwo is still highly thought of. I know that everyone who watched him during the Scottish tour during the summer wasn't that impressed. He is way, 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 way better than what we saw during those games. It was a pre-season match. You're not going to draw too much inspiration from that. Tall, commanding, good with his feet despite not being so good of his feature in the Scottish tour, but is still appreciated for what he can do. That's why he got a contract extension. That's why he's now Arsenal's official third choice. You've also got Carl Hine, who is another really well-appreciated goalkeeper, very highly rated. Estonian international already is their number one. Really, really exciting young keeper. So yeah, absolutely, we could promote from the youth and save money. At right back, you've got Zach Swanson, who's done fairly well this season, quite attacking, scored a couple of goals. And then you've got Alabiosu, who's more of a wing back, but can play on the wing too, but has played in the right back position too. And we've just brought back Jordan Osse Tutu from his loan at Nottingham Forest. He, however, has got a lot of injury problems despite previously being quite highly rated. He went on loan to Bochum a couple of years ago. He went to Cardiff last season, but the year before that, he went to Bochum in Germany and did really, really well in the German second tier, was really highly rated. 
and since that point has kind of dropped off because of injury. But there is options. And to be honest, I wouldn't even go and sign uh, a right back, even if we got rid of Cedric. I wouldn't go and sign a right back. I think we've got enough cover. I also think Saliba, you consider how he's played at uh, Marseille. You consider the fact he's played at right back for Marseille. That style of fullback that Tommy Asu is, where Tommy Asu is more of a centre-back, really, but has been playing really well at right back, that style, I think, would suit Saliba really, really well, even though he's more of a centre-back. But I think there's an option there, and I think it's another route for Saliba to get into the first team and rotate with Tommy Asu, rotate with Ben White, and rotate with Gabriel. He can play in any of those three positions, right back, right centre-back, left centre-back, sweeper. He can do the lot. So I think there's a real good chance for Saliba to get into the team next season in any of those possible positions. Uh, Vera says, can Harry Clark play as right back? I believe he can. However, he's now on an 18-month loan deal at Hibernian, so he's not going to be coming back to the club any time soon. Terry Spice says, Rafinha is going to Bayern. Wow, that would be one hell of a move and would really screw up um, Leeds United if that is the case. I'm just checking if that is actually true, because if it is, that's pretty crazy. Let's have a look. Is Rafinha going to Bayern? Um, Rafinha in talks over a new contract with Leeds amidst interest from Bayern Munich and Liverpool. Um, I haven't seen any confirmed reports that he's definitely going to Bayern, Terry. But uh, if that happens, Leeds would be ruined <laughs> their chances of staying up would plummet considerably uh thomas reese says would gamarash be exposed in a fast league like the prem with a lack of pace and his tackling and pressure stats worsen i mean his pressure and tackling stats are very good like he's got better tackling stats than basuma than Partey, um and then kessier as well as we did in our tactical breakdown he's got better pressing stats than those three as well the only issue is his um times he's been dribbled past uh, by players that is slightly slower but I do think that's because you can play him in a slightly forward position in a number eight role put Thomas Partey into the number six or Lekonga into the number six and then use Gimaraes as kind of you know your, your playmaker from the middle in a Santi Cazorla style of role I think he can do that and also be dominant and defensive at the same time he's so multifaceted you would gain so much from him uh, Vinny says, are you not worried about our lack of depth? We are one injury away from disaster at centre mid and striker. I'm disappointed we let Ainsley make the Niles go without bringing in someone first. Yes, Vinny, I am very worried about it. We are one Lacazette injury away from absolute crisis. And we need to make sure we sign someone during this window. I mean, not just injury, but because of the current climate, any positive test by a midfielder, any positive test by a striker, and we are in trouble especially because Balogun's going on loan to Middlesbrough and Ketia could leave during this window. We're in trouble. I don't think you'll... I have a feeling that you won't see Ketia leave unless we sign a striker during this window. But it's it's a concern. It's a real, real, real big concern for Arsenal. And we need to make sure that we improve um, that depth in those two key areas. Centre midfield and striker is an absolute must. And I will be very, very critical of Edu and Arteta if we do not get either of those positions, or rather, if we don't get both of those positions during this window. And Xhaka with his cards, says Caps. It's a very solid point. I mean, Gabriel's serving a one-match ban as well. So we, we cannot afford to be taking red cards. We cannot afford to get positive tests. We cannot afford injuries. We In those two key areas, it's very, very important. Um, Matt says, couldn't we do a Liverpool? Maybe they'll catch the three-day variant. Yeah, less than about that, the better. Uh, Olu says, hey, Tom, who is a better centre mid, Ainsley Maitland-Niles or Patino? Well, right now, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Uh, he's a senior player. He's 24, 25 years of age. He's developed. He's playing for Roma now on loan. 
in terms of who could be the better centre midfielder in the future, absolutely you'd put your money on Patino. But right now, Patino is is not of the level to replace Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He's, he's of the level to get some minutes, to be given some time on the field. But, you know, people, I think, very quickly want to see these kids get starts and play week in, week out. Let's see them bed in. Let's give them the opportunities when we can. But we don't need to put pressure on them this young. Uh, there's loads of time, loads and loads of time for us to, you know, uh, wait and see what happens. John says, can a contract be written where a loaned player can be recalled between windows? Um, I don't know, John. I mean, you write the contract. You would think that that would be the case. However, um, take Harry Clark, for instance. His 18-month loan deal to Hibernian has got two break clauses in it. One of them is in the summer. The other one is in January of 2023. So I don't think so. Uh, I, I, it's never really happened to my knowledge. I think you have break clauses at given times during transfer windows because you have to register players and stuff like that. So I don't think that you would ever insert a break clause in a loan contract unless it was during one of the transfer windows because then you wouldn't be able to, say, send them out on loan again to somewhere else if you wanted to. So it does make sense. Uh, Will says, uh, Tom, why on earth do you not rate Cedric? It's very easy for me. One, I don't think he's at the level required if Tommy Asu gets injured to cover that position for a long period of time. And that is what is needed for a backup option. Two, he's on a high wage, considering we signed him at 28 years of age. He's on a five-year contract that isn't deserved. And there is the agent factor being Keir Jarabjian involved in this as well. I just don't think he's good enough for us to have signed. In my opinion, we should have signed a Nuno Tavares equivalent instead of Cedric. Signing someone young, signing someone with sell-on value, signing someone that's not going to diminish in quality over the next over the length of their contract that's what we should have done. And that's what we should have tried to do. Um, but we didn't. And, uh, you know, we're going to pay for that uh, with however, you know, we, we paid for it in a sense with some of the mistakes that Cedric's made, like against Aston Villa last season. You just need to compartmentalize this and realize that we could have done more, but we didn't. Um, Chris says, what's the crack with Kaya's doppelganger, a doppelganger, Matt Smith? Kaya does look, uh, does he look a little bit like, I don't know. I'll ask Kaya, I'll speak to him, see if he agrees with you, Chris, if he thinks he looks like Matt Smith. Uh, he, as far as I was aware, was on loan at Doncaster. I'm pretty sure he was playing uh, for them. Let me have a quick check. Uh, 21 games this season, one assist so far. Is he starting? Mm, yeah, I mean, he started the last two games and their last two defeats. He started the last three defeats, actually. Um, but yeah, when he started one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, he started their last eleven games. He is playing. I don't think he's of the quality uh, to play for Arsenal in the future. I think he's one of those like a McGuinness. He's one of those like a like an Anger that will eventually just move on. Um, and yeah, but he is playing for Doncaster, but uh, I don't think he's got a future at Arsenal for my money anyway. Uh, Patrick says, uh, how many players are out today? Arteta sounded worried uh, a lot, Patrick. Uh, we don't know how many exactly, but from the sounds of it, quite a few. And that's why four youth players are traveling with the group today. Mika Bireth, Salah Adin, Charlie Patino, and Amari Hutchinson are all going up with the group today to Nottingham. So uh, I expect to see an interesting lineup but still enough that should get us through this round, hopefully. Uh, number one lover says, Morning Big T. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Nuno Tavares playing at right back as well. It's an option, and he can use his right foot, so it is definitely an option. 
JDB says, so why is it that every other or 90% of Arsenal's channels always say that he's a decent backup? What about the positives he made and exceptional assist against Newcastle that everyone forgets? Look, I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm not saying he's awful. I'm just saying I want more from a backup option at Arsenal and I want a Nuno Tavares equivalent. Don't get, you know, don't get it twisted. It's not about saying he is the worst player of all time. He is, in my opinion, one of the worst transfer decisions that we've made. I think we could have made a much better choice to bring in as a backup right back. But, you know, it is what it is. And just because 90% of other Arsenal channels say he's a decent backup doesn't mean that's necessarily right. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. It's just how it goes. I mean, the majority of people were calling for Arteta's head, including me, and now look pretty silly. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. And people are entitled to their opinions at the end of the day. Let's uh, let's wrap things up there. Uh, we've been going for nearly 40 minutes anyway. Have a fantastic day, people. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I will hopefully see you this evening for a reaction to Arsenal's game against Nottingham Forest. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Join us tomorrow morning as well at 8am for a 150th Arsenal Transfer Daily Show. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.